the Super Bowl and we're going to heavy in college basketball. But now is uh, the Hawthorne effect last regular season game where uh, to pay homage to Dick Vermeil, we won some games we should have lost. We lost some games we should have won. <laughs> and we're right where we needed to be at uh, 59.89 uh, or something like that, which I have. To, I told Jason that in our book, we call that 60% <laughs> because we want some plus money live bets and the extra uh, week we're good money, but we're usually higher. First two years of the podcast were 65 to 64%, but they, they, were, they didn't have this COVID craziness and shifts in the season that kind of got me. I needed to shift back late and I did adjust, right? And chat, you know, chat can um, clear this up, right? But guys that I know that played in the NBA and played in the NFL say there's no such thing as halftime adjustments. Once you get off the field, your position coach is like, what you see? What's going on? And make the adjustment there. At halftime, sometimes the coaches talk amongst each other and change strategy. Sometimes players are not so hyped up. You get a drink of water, they relax, and they can process the adjustment. That's why after halftime, you see the big differences. But I have an MBA, I have securities licenses, clients worth 50 million and above. That's why we treat this as a business, right? Every single pick is like picking a stock. Uh, David Tepper, uh, multi-billionaire owner of your Carolina Panthers, which betting against them, you're at 70% almost. I guess I don't know teams, but he's a 59% stock picker. With me, a middle-class guy, upper middle-class guy, I have to be 100%. I don't have the luxury of being 59% stock picker. <laughs> Not that it's hard. You know, Tesla and Amazon and Apple have all done extremely well. Ampin, they've all done extremely well. But I have to be 100%. Uh, even if when a customer wants a sustainable company that has an ethical board, I still have to be 100% in those picks. So you can't live in a fantasy world if you want to be able to be good at sports betting and picking stocks. You have to be grounded in reality. That's why I say here on this podcast, we do not believe in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, right? Because they're lies. And then we know we're being lied to. Everybody uh, lies to you. So you have to figure how you're being lied to. And you have to make, especially when you're middle class, upper middle class, poor, and you're making a business decision, you have to make business decisions and be right around 80% of the time without having all of the information, okay? So we're father knows best, right? So when we get something wrong, it's humiliating. It's embarrassing, right? It's something devastating. You feel like such a dumbass. You have all this responsibility and you screwed up. To know and not to do is not to know, right? You have to act upon it and monetize it 
consistently. I don't necessarily believe this, but the Greeks said that the more suffering and pain that you go through, the smarter you are. If that's that's the case, I would be a genius by now. (laughs) But there's something to that. And Renee, I call this Renee Descartes podcast because whatever Renee Descartes said that a life left unexamined is not worth living. And I have a short video that I'm going to show after uh, we get through this other business maxim. Then another part of it is uh, some people are born on third base and they think they've hit a triple, right? Somebody that gets a hundred million dollar um, uh, inheritance and they think they're a good business man or woman. No, he had a hundred million dollar head start. So there's a lot of people that we meet in life that meet at jobs. Uh, some poor middle-class people at jobs and corporations, they get promoted to the highest level of their own mediocrity, of their own incompetence. They were confident at job B, but when they get to job C, promoted to job C, they're great at the interview. They're great interviewers, but when they get to the job, they suck. So they live in this delusional world, right? The guy with the inheritance, this person promoted to the level of, of their incompetence, they live in a delusion, right? Which 500 days of summer is a great one about people living in delusions. And uh, Spider-Man here explains it. But we'll go through this other business maxim that Joe Judge needs to. Judge now wants to be the general manager of the Giants. Great, right? He gets Freddie Kitchens that I should know better. I've made a lot of money betting against Freddie Kitchens. Whenever Freddie Kitchens gets to a position of power, every time I bet against him, I win money. Whenever I bet for him, I lose money, right? So, you know, I need to learn from my own mistakes. In life, you have to learn from your mistakes. I don't believe in failure. I'm going to call Cole Fickle last night because he wants to be glib and everybody's talking about, I fail forward, I learned da, 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 da. You haven't failed if you've learned from your mistakes, coach. And I'll, I'll contact him about that. Because he was like, oh, I'm going to be very strict on words in my room and my building. Well, be strict on this one. Don't use failure. You haven't failed. You only fail when you haven't learned from your mistakes, right? So, Joe Judge needs to learn that if you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So, I got two guys who are a lot smarter, tougher than me, have diverse, have different perspectives, different. Uh, Scott and I are old. Chad is young. Scott's in the Northeast. Uh, Chad and I are in the West Coast. That's real diversity for business. That you cash flow is what's important. You hear revenue, they're lying to you. They're bullshitting you. They're suckering you. They say, "Oh, revenue, I've been to the corporate revenue is garbage. What's important is free cash flow." So diverse companies have forty five percent more free cash flow, which a bank will give you a loan for free cash flow than any other type of business. So first thoughts until we get to the short video because I think this is important for a lot of people, but especially in sports betting, all right? Uh, we'll go Scott, then Chad. Thank you guys for helping me, helping me get out of my own delusions. Sometimes when I'm lying to myself about that, you know, we're guys that so you say, hey, Josh, no, nah, man, you're full of shit as far as that's concerned right there. Got to change your thinking. 
You got to go the other way. So we all make money. We'll go Scott, then Chad. So, uh, you know, it's good to be here again. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm happy with the way our sides and extras went this week. Our totals have been have been killing us in terms of uh, in terms of our overall percentage. So, sides and extras have been gold for us for sure. Double digit dogs came through in a big way this week. Double digit in the division came through huge for us this week. Um, you know where they hadn't been the last last couple of weeks, but you know seventy percent on the sides, hundred percent on the extras. You, you, that's it's hard to beat. And then the totals oh, just yeah. brought us down. When you look so. at percentages, right? The average better is twenty percent. Yep. The average yep. card game or whatever in Vegas is twenty percent, right? Yep. That's why yep. even a sportsbook exists because of that. Uh, a sharp is considered fifty nine percent. Yeah. Right, and we're upset at being at sixty percent. So you yep. can actually make a living with the percentages. But like I was, Chad and I were discussing yesterday, what important? What's important? If we're like. Um, John Wooden, right? John Wooden says in his book, you know, Greatness, that the process and the preparation is more important than the outcome. Yeah. And what's golden about this podcast is the whys. And checking our thinking, say, oh, you're full of crap. Let's look at the why of what happened. Because remember, to be a business, it has to be repeatable and scalable, right? Like that chart we have there. That's something that's repeatable and scalable. It keeps going up. That's been the podcast for the last three years, right? But the only constant is change. What are your first thoughts, Chad? Yeah, man. I mean, just what Scott's saying, the, the totals have kind of been holding us back all year. Um, if you look at a whole year percentage, and our sides have definitely been stronger. Right. Um, but I mean, our sides and, and those special picks got us, got us through. Um, I mean, happy to be here at, at this crazy year, um, right. at this point in the season though, but you know, we all three are very competitive and, and, uh, we know that that's, that's not our best. And, um, yep. I don't think any of us are, are satisfied with 60%. Um, we know, we know we can do more and we know every week we're making shitty picks every week. Um, <laughs> we, that we need to, we need to wean out, um, you know, in hindsight, yeah, hindsight's 2020, obviously, um, looking at it now. Um, but just some of the stuff, man, just just sticking to my guns on on some things is, is the biggest, you know, that's like the biggest thing is like, you know, I got a guy, I, Josh and Scott, who I respect their opinions so immensely, you know, and I, I want to listen to what they're saying, but I also want to stay true to my own opinion and, and my own thoughts and not, um, you know, just conform to to what you know someone right. else is saying and listening right. just to the doctor or the scientist and, and not not <laughs> right. researching on my own and coming up right. with my own conclusions um so you know i think just you know this is really my second year deep into sports betting i think as i progress as my age and being so young and new into this i think that's really you know taking guys that are double my age and you know respecting their opinions and listening and then and just keeping true to my own thoughts and and not doubting my myself and my doubting what I'm thinking and kind of trusting myself and just kind of finding that balance, you know, because there's a couple picks that I, I change and go the other way that I'm wrong on that I was right. But then there's picks that I, I go with you guys and I'm right on, you know, and it's, it's 50, 50. So just being able to navigate that to 65, 70% of keeping my own picks and, and you know, you know, I, like for example, 
know, this week, you know, we got the Texans, um, you know, the over in that game. And that was one that I kind of liked the over and I stuck to my guns. I told you guys we ended up going that way altogether. Um, and then like, you know, there's a game like the Giants Redskins. I really like that one to go under. Now, Josh was saying, you know, he was lacking a special team score there, which we didn't get a defensive touchdown on our special team score. And it, it did get close to going over. Um, but just with the Giants offense as a whole and those sneaks, you know, I, that game coming under, you know, I probably should have stuck to Freddy my guns. Freddie Kitchens. And, yeah. and details, exactly. too, the way he, he – the the way the plays are structured, bad communication. Because as a podcast as a whole, we check every check marks of a traditional podcast as far as having a narrative and having a lesson, right? One of the lessons on many levels – Believe me, and it's taken me 30 years to get to this point. It's learning how to listen. And I got the verbal stuff right last five to 10 years. Let's say eight years. I've gotten good of when somebody texts you something, you're also listening. Read the whole text, read the whole email. As yeah. painful as it is, you got a long email, take a break, come back, read it a couple of different times, especially in business. Read the whole email. That's part of listening, right? But basic listening skills we teach here, we teach a lot of stuff. Basic mental health stuff. My wife's been a therapist for 17 years. Using business and financial concepts, return to the mean, decision science, arbitrage, back there, the 80-20 rule, predictably irrational, right? Freddie Kitchens, predictably irrational. And Freddie Kitchens, he was a phenomenal recruiter for Dabble Sweeney at Clemson. He was a phenomenal running backs coach. But once you promote him to offensive coordinator, he sucked. And then for some reason, he gets the head coaching job in Cleveland. We don't argue with that. We just bet against it. I was 16 and 0, right? I, if I see Freddie Kitchens, I'll hug him. Thank you, man. I was 16 and 0 betting against him, right? Hopefully, George, they bring Judge back next year because the general manager names Freddie Kitchens the offensive coordinator. We'll love it, right? But you don't get that luxury in the playoffs. So you really have to learn how to pick games, right? And one of my favorite movies, I get lucky because my wife's a psychotherapist. She gives you insight. One of my favorite movies is 500 Days of Summer. And uh, to the late great Jerry King, here's Spider-Man explaining that. And I'll have you guys comment on this because I think it's very important sports betting. All right, because in sports betting, if you're always making excuses, blaming the ref, blaming the coaches, and not taking accountability for the way you perceive things, remember, believe uh, half of what you see and none of what you hear, right? And perception is 50 50. That's why nobody has a monopoly on the truth. That's why you have meetings, you know, eyewitness testimony. It's the worst testimony, right? In a trial, because people people overestimate decisions. That's why the number one rule of betting is done by your own team. But he does a good explanation right here. Let me know if you guys can see and hear this. It's only ever from Tom's point of view. And so Tom's biases. Okay. So I'll preface this. This is the movie 500 Days of Summer, and it's about a relationship between a guy and a girl. Uh, she's dating Pratt now. She has a couple of houses in Mission Viejo. Next to Mark Sanchez, the girl in this movie. I forgot her name. I'll get her name. But it's 500 Days of Summer. But listen to what he's saying, right? 
but the perception of the guy in this relationship, 500 days is over. It's only ever from Tom's point of view. And so Tom's biases, Tom's occasional uh, lack of, of being able to see what's real are relayed to the viewing audience. Uh, and then that viewing audience sort of, uh, I think, takes on those same biases. And so I'll hear a lot of people tell me, I love that movie. I love the character. Why was she so awful? Why did she do Okay, that's why ESPN is so harmful. They take Lock, Sock, and Bear, what Terry Bradshaw's telling you, what CNN's saying as the truth when they're doing PR and they're not reporters for, of the NFL. Uh, and I personally, the way I interpret the movie anyway, and I think, look, that's a lovely thing about movies. Anybody can interpret it however they want. That's our different than commerce or science. Uh, but I think that it's Tom's fault. Uh, I think that if you really pay attention, Tom's not listening to something. And, uh, and I think if you ask what's the message of the movie, um, what I take away most is you have to listen. You have to listen and you have to understand your biases. And even when you're biased towards believing one thing, you have to really listen. And when you hear something that doesn't fit into what you wanted to hear, you still have to update your thinking right exactly so we're not a cult here we're not saying listen to believe everything we say listen to understand what we're saying before you argue with us fine you can argue but listen first right i need to listen to sean mcveigh when he says oh i don't have i don't have enough practice time my defensive players what do you guys think i agree i mean you know my my philosophy in anything, fantasy, sports betting, whatever, has been if people are totally on one thing, do the research as to why they're on that one thing. And exactly. if, if you see something that isn't right, go the other way. Because, exactly. and, and that's been my philosophy in, in everything I've done in my fantasy world and in, in betting and everything else. Like if everybody's on the Patriots plus six, why are they on the Patriots plus six? There's, there's got to be a reason why. And then right. go the other way. Or it doesn't matter who it is. You, ju you just have to do the research to find out why it's that way. And is there a reason to go the other way with it? And I think that guy at the end basically said, do the research, basically, without saying it in terms of, of that. Right. So, but the other part of it is that in school, there's another part of buying it. We've been told from the Archie Bunker days on through, yes. you have to be colorblind. Yep. You can't have biases, right? You shouldn't stereotype. And that's completely wrong. You have to acknowledge that you do have biases. Now, the problem is if you act upon those biases or you don't, or you shouldn't stereotype people. Yes, you should stereotype people because stereotype is a defense mechanism to avoid danger. So you should avoid danger. Now, should you start discriminating? That's why words are important. Did you start allowing your biases to cheat people out of money? That's up to you. I don't do it, but I acknowledge my biases. You have, and George Floyd thing came out about biases. You have unconscious biases and you have Conscious, everybody goes, yeah, unconscious biases. No, you have conscious biases. 
Yeah, I don't are care. Are you on it or are you not? Listen, I don't yeah. care who you I don't care who you are. Everybody's got a blind spot and everybody's got a, a favorite exactly. towards something. Exactly. Whether you admit it or not, that's another story. But but for me, I know exactly. I have blind spots when I go betting and exactly you know, I used to have a blind spot to a Notre Dame. Oh, you know, right. about five or six years ago. I used to bet at them no matter what. No matter <laughs> what. And that was right. and that was my downfall in certain spots. So right. You no, know, not go, not going off the NFL, but that—that's what happens. You have a blind spot where it doesn't matter what anybody says. You're going to bet them no matter what. Right. You're going you're to fail the sixteen based on that blind spot. Right. So. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I think to, to piggyback off Scott too is like when he's saying, you know, look, look at these lines. You know, look at you know if if you see something that jumps out and everyone's going one way on something, you know, go the other way. You know, like for instance, I can think of. You know, like two or three weeks ago, the Colts and the Patriots played, right? And the, and the Colts were like a minus three home favorite, right? And all three of us were like the wrong teams favored, you know, plus three Patriots, you know, and everybody seemed to kind of be on the Patriots in that spot, plus three, um, you know, and, and I don't, I think we kind of just didn't, you know, give right, you know, as a coach in that spot, you know, I think that's something to take consideration too. When a line is super off like that, you know, Vegas is, is pretty, they, they know something, um, so you know when, when, you, know when everyone thinks they know something. when everyone thinks the line is wrong and the wrong team's favored, I'm not saying it's not always going to be right. You got to decipher when. I mean that there's right. going to be times yeah, when the line the line is wrong and and you are getting tons of value there. But I think sometimes you just got to look at okay what you know what do they know what are they seeing that you know because sometimes they're they're you know Vegas gave you you know the you know the the, the hint there, you know, the Colts are three point fair. What, you know, what the Colts, you know, rolled, they got out to like a 21 zero lead, you know, really, really rolled them, you know? And I think sometimes too, is like, you know, we got to believe 50% of our eyes, what we're seeing, we're seeing a minus three to the Colts there. Um, right. You know, even though we feel in our hearts, the wrong team, you know, there's there, the they, you know, this is, they, the, these bookkeepers are good and they're setting lines at precise numbers. And they might, it might be good. The average uh, person in a sports book line maker, and I'll get into, I'll bring in notes from the past, and I'll do a podcast in the offseason on Tuesday. I'll do a podcast on where the line comes from, right? How the line gets determined. Yeah. But uh, Todd Furman, I like him a lot. He used to be a bookmaker at Caesars. And the average lifespan of a bookmaker is a year and a half. Uh, the line first comes from Lefty Rosenthal from Casino, the Line Institute in San Diego. And it gets distributed to William Hill. And I have that letter. I'll, I'll send it to you guys. I can't publish the letter because I got in confidence. But man, when things kind of opened up, the letter they sent out to make sure you use them for the wine company, it scared me and I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> then Scott's seeing it with uh, Steve Wynn, right? Yeah. With uh, Steve Wynn and uh, Steve Wynn. I'll put links to that. And uh, I'll see if I find it uh, real quick, but uh, Mike Gill, what he says, remember uh, Steve Wynn's daughter got kidnapped, right? And held for ransom by the mafia. Because Steve Wynn's one of the five families and they born Penn National. Penn National, <laughs> who owns Penn National? Who, who, who owns Barstool Sports? Penn National. National, yeah. So they come up with a line. Now the people that can kind of go against it are the supercomputers. And sometimes you'll see variances but they've gotten killed this year. DraftKings right now has lost money 
because that line is that line. And when they deviated from that line, the biggest supercomputers in our brain, we've seen it, you know, when we looked at stuff, they're like, oh, that line's off. Everything is plus seven and a half, and that's minus four. Well, oh, wait, like, let me jump on that. What's that, DraftKings? Because analysts and supercomputers did not work, right? Because not every single coordinator in the NFL is for the kitchens doing, uh, doing quarterback sneaks at 39 because of bad communication. See, that's a perfect example. They're not listening. And when they listen, they listen to argue versus listening to understand, right? So we torture ourselves so somebody else doesn't torture us. We feel, I heard this, I saw this from Eric Adams, Mayor of New York. We're feeling the pains so we can prosper. <laughs> Eric Adams, Mayor of New York. But it's not as bad as what uh, Jim has to go through with Mayor Lightfoot. You got Mayor, um, the new Asian Mayor of Boston. You deal with major media news and living in the summer. Might not live in Boston or in Chicago or in LA, but those big city mayors have influence, right? But the little guys try to act like them in the surrounding areas. So first game we got way wrong was Philadelphia plus seven, under 43. Seven unders we got wrong. This was over all the way. Uh, I wasn't listening. I wasn't taking a step back and saying, you know what, uh, Josh, you're living in the past right now with Pete Carroll. Even Pete Carroll changed. He got into two shootouts two weeks in a row. He changed. He went from, you know, being stubborn to getting into shootouts, right? So he changed. I needed to change. I needed to pivot. I needed to say, hey, man, I'm not thinking this through straight again. Maybe call Chad again. Uh, message Scott and be like, hey, man, you know, I'm living in the past. This is going to be a shootout. This is going to be spread. You got Garner Minshew Air Raid as your uh, backup quarterback. He's going to throw it all over the place. Jerry Jones wants his starters to get work. You know, they're going to play the whole game. And all the wide receivers are going to get work. This game's going over. I know Chad was, was uh, on that, too. This was going over all the way. It's a bad pick by us. Great team, yeah. Chad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should, we should have definitely. This, these games all this week, man, this is like the theme of the week, just games that we picked under that we're going to go over. Right. I mean, if you look at every indoor stadium with a dome on it, Vikings went over, Cardinals, Detroit, Detroit and SoFi. Um, right. And Allegiant, Allegiant. So you're five for five overs in indoor right. non-weather factors. We need stadiums. to listen to you on that, man, because you've been on that all year. And we have to see uh, stages of change. I'll, I'll get that. We – we're in the action phase, but we're not in the maintenance phase. When you really know something under pressure, you do it. And we, we didn't do it this week, man. We need to we need to listen to what the young man Chad is saying. Yeah, this game is bad. Games. What do you think, Scott? This game's a bad pick. I mean, I thought Dallas was going to pull their starters in the first quarter, second quarter, and they didn't. They were going for all kinds of records. So when I saw that they were playing into the second quarter, I was like, oh, this, this is not going to be good. And they played offensively like they did against Washington two weeks ago right. because Dak just wanted to get the touchdown record. You know, Zeke was going for a thousand yards. A uh, bunch of stuff was going on. Um, 
Had I known that Dallas was going to play into the third and fourth quarter, their starters, I probably would have went the over on this. But I was thinking that Dallas was going to pull. In the week 18, you don't know. I mean, they clinched the playoff spot. Did they want the number three seed bad enough? Do they want to break records? Who knows? Who knows? And that's McCart- and that's the head coach. Was the right. head coach want? Does he want to? Does he want to keep the it's players like in? Is yeah. yeah. Does he want to keep players in, or does he want to pull them? So when I saw the starters, like I said, when I saw the starters playing, I was like, uh, uh-uh, this is going over. And then yeah. it was a close game at halftime. It was it was close game at halftime, and then they just came out and they just did to Philadelphia what uh, they did to Washington two weeks ago. So yeah, it's and bad to pick. Pick, piggyback off Scott. I think Scott made a great point about um, the records factor that last regular season Zeke getting the yards. Um, you know that that is something I didn't even consider. Um, you know, handicapping. I think week 17, 18, You know, moving forward in my handicapping career, like. That's right. something that has to be looked at dramatically because that didn't only bite us in that game. It bit us in the Tampa Bay game as well, because yeah. you got Brady trying to get Gronk his incentives. He's trying to get all these guys their incentive money and that makes the game go over and the Buccaneers cover, um, you know, so that, that whole, that whole concept <coughs> that Scott just spoke on, look, look at these teams that got guys close to records that are trying to week 18, you know, that are within 50 yards or a couple catches, um, you know, because they're 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 most likely going to get force fed the ball, and uh, that could lead to just those teams that you think are going to let up lead to them covering, and lead to those games going over. Those teams you think are going to you know shut down the second half, but they're really trying to get these records. So, um, great point, Scott. You know, yeah, great point. And you know, I learned that's, this. From my wife. And that's you know, the unforeseen thing with betters is nobody knows, nobody sees that or knows that. Okay, right. Dak needs four touchdowns to break t- Tony Romo's franchise record for a season. Yeah, do your research. Yeah, yeah. and and that's what that's what it goes to research. So and and especially with the extra game this year, yeah. it's allowing yeah. guys to get. You're seeing more records broken than any other year yeah. because right. of the extra game. So that's even another factor that that piggybacks off of that. Yeah. So to that end, for the playoffs, we got Jim already getting notes from Jim that we're going to use tomorrow. And then the Friday pack when we get into previewing the game. So Wednesday, we're going to handicap the games. Mm-hmm. On Friday, we're going to preview the games with strategy linked to sports betting, right? And we'll give you even more insight into the whys. And if there's somebody changed their mind or something happened, we got a Monday game. But Jim, Jim's a great resource. Now, my wife's psychotherapist for 17 years, everybody comes to her, went to the guy who invented this, right? Who got the PhD for this. And some things that I've, I've been able to change like this, some things have taken me 30 years to change. And some things I'm still right here in the action phase, right? With what Chad said, I'm in the action phase, but I'm not in the maintenance phase, okay? 95% of people can't change. And I made a lot of money off of this, right? Especially with James Winston. And people with deviant behaviors, they have a sexual predilection. I love Deshaun Jack Watson to come back because I know that when his impulses are involved in a game, I can bet against him, right? Because he has that sexual problem. So to really change, you have to go through this process. You can't skip any changes, right? It's pre-contemplation. Contemplation preparing to change, 
right? People are like, oh, I'm a drug addict. I'm just going to change. No, you have to go. You have to do pre-contemplation, preparation. Maybe you hit rock bottom here. You're going to get high a couple more times before you prepare to go to rehab. So when you go to rehab, you're in action, right? Action phase. I bet money, one money on what Chad said. Maintenance phase is when a siren goes off in your brain, you go to the amygdala brain. <clears throat> when people stole toilet paper in the pandemic, they were in the amygdala brain. That's when you're under pressure. You go to this part of your brain. <clears throat> the other side of your brain where you're calm, you're listening to classical music, right? That's your rational part of your brain. When there's a fight, when there's uh, something going on, <clears throat> somehow this got on, but uh, that's your amygdala brain. <clears throat> oh, I know. All right. So, to really be able to change <clears throat> when you're under pressure, right? When Jamin's recent misses. A zone blitz. Did he really change and is going to throw the ball away or is he going to force it, right? Because now he's in his amygdala break. Kirk Cousins, same thing with him. Kirk Cousins relaxed like he was in a meaningless game the other day. You got to bet on him. He's going to be like the greatest quarterback of all time on a Monday night, on a game to get into the playoffs. He's in amygdala brain, otherwise known as choking, right? Kirby Smart brought in a psychologist last night, psychotherapist, and a lot of people are laughing at that. But what that psychotherapist was, was teaching him was to stay away from the amygdala brain and go back to what you've been practicing all year, the 4-2-5 defense. Do your job, right? Bill Belichick, do your job. Maintenance phase. That's when you really know something. And 95% of people can't do that. So I will bet in sports because 52.5% is break even. And I know 95% of people can't change. I'm going to bet on people not changing and being like a uh, judge and doubling down on their stupidity, right? What, we, what the guy said at the beginning, right? He doubled down on his stupidity because he wasn't listening. And the audience kind of went into it. We know more. We know that if you make Judge the general manager and Freddie Kitchens the office coordinator, that's going to be a disaster. We know more than the Giants management or Judge himself, a man making $5 million a year, right? So I torture myself and say, okay, I need to listen to Chad more because he knows what he's talking about. That's what he's on a podcast. He's an actual player, right? Listen to what Chad's saying, man. Those control environments, those games are going over. I would have done that. I would have been, uh, I would have listened to Chad, what Chad's saying. I would have been 950 times five right there, which is a lot of money. 950 times five. 
Yep. Right. And I, that that's a whole NCA for first four days in Vegas. Right there. Nice hotel, everything. You got to learn from your mistakes. So, was it a failure? No. Um, I was over sixty percent. Got some college basketball games, make good money, and I'm learning actively learning from the mistake, feeling the pain and embarrassment of being that stupid and not listening. I had the information in front of me. You know, you fight to get information. You had the information in front of me. And Chad has said that several times. <laughs> Chad did not say that one time. Like, he said it several times. And I was listening to argue with that instead of listening to understand what Chad's saying and then act upon it consistently and then under pressure. Uh, we said the Washington game over, right? We're going to listen to that. That was dumb. Cleveland money line minus six. So we'll go the last games. We'll go bad pick or bad luck. Uh, Cleveland minus six. We did win two out of three. We knew we couldn't trust them with the points. So we went Cleveland money line under 38. And we got two out of three. We made money on that. Bad pick or bad luck. I would say uh, neither. I think it was a good pick. <laughs> That's the first one we had this year. I thought it was a good pick because we didn't trust them. That's why we picked the money line. What do you think, Scott and Chad? I mean, we had all three sides basically until Cincinnati yeah. scored that late in that fourth quarter touchdown. We were we were in, right. we were in pretty good shape. Right. Um, you know, Cincinnati played all backups. You had to go Cleveland. You, you just you just had to. It was it was like a flash of red light against sitting there right. uh, going. You know, five point spread. What was the five point spread? Or did we put? That's five. It was five, and then it went up to six. So we still took the six. Yep, yep. So everything in that game screen take Cleveland. You know, take the under, which we we hit on that, um, and take them on the money line. I mean, Cincinnati just was basically we made playing. money on the game, right? So yeah, we made money on the game. So that's what's most important. So Cincinnati was just playing out the string. Basically, they didn't care wh where they were going, who they were playing. Um, they just wanted to get guys healthy for the playoffs. So um, right. they will overlook in this game for sure. They weren't even looking at this game. They're looking past it. So, yeah. What do you think, Chad? But yeah, I agree with you, I, neither. I, I think this is a it's a good pick. I think it's luck. I mean, if I had the Bengals plus six and covered, lucky ass shit. Not a good pick. Uh, that's what I'd be saying. So I, that's how I kind of, that's how I judge my picks. A lot of the times I look at the other side and say, right. okay, if I was on the other side, is that a good, no, the other side, if I would have hit that, I would have got lucky. So, I mean, the Cleveland minus six was the only way to go here. Bengals are sitting everyone, uh, you know, Keenum, I'm pretty sure had like a turnover and like the third quarter that set up Bengals in really good field position. So, I mean, if Keenum just takes care of the ball, they easily cover that six. I mean, that, that turnover is the only reason got even close. And, um, you know, they were able to squeak out a one-point cover. So, it's just – as a luck factor. Keenum's got to take care of the ball against the Bengals' second-string defense. You can't, you can't, can't commit those turnovers. Um, you know, those are turnovers are something we can't predict as a sports better. Right. So, um, just kind of an unlucky turnover that just gave the Bengals that opportunity to, to cover late. Um, you know, and, and even even kind of push the total close to the over, you know, because if that turnover doesn't happen, 
you know, the, the, the Browns can, can control that clock. I mean, I, I think it doesn't even get within 10 points of coming over. So bad luck for sure. Yeah. And I'm just looking at the box score now. Cincinnati missed on a two point conversion with two minutes left. Right. That would have yeah. put the game over. So yeah, that's yeah. what it took for, for us to, to hit that. But that, that was because of the case of, te- you know, getting yep. set up with short field position. You know, that, that right. you know, they, yep. the Bengals should have a touchdown off the board for sure. Yeah, 100%. 100 uh, The next game after that was Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Uh, under 41, we were there all day. Uh, I don't think you could have predicted that Baltimore's offense would be that bad because he only had to – and it went into overtime. So that tells you bad luck. So it's bad pick or bad luck. I say it's bad luck. Any overtime game could go either way. There's a lot of luck involved. Big Ben can't throw a pass over five yards. His body's completely broken down. It's time to bring in Mason Rudolph and Chad. We'll, we'll do that tomorrow. We'll break down the playoffs. But Mason Rudolph really saved their season because Big Ben was wheeled off the field against Detroit, and Mason Rudolph came in and started running. <laughs> They didn't trust him throwing it, and he put his running shoes on. And, yeah, if I'm going to stay in the NFL, I'm going to need to run. And he ran him for that, that tie against Detroit. He got a late touchdown. Uh, I say bad luck. Uh, we had the under, and Baltimore had every single opportunity to win that game. And all they had to do was execute, which most of the time they did. Seven out of eight times, Baltimore wins that game. Uh, we'll go Scott and Chad. We had this game pegged. <laughs> we had this game totally pegged. Uh, we we right. knew Big Ben wasn't going to throw downfield. We knew the Ravens would kind of put uh, tail of their defense toward pushing every, you know, trying to make Big Ben throw deep. If Latavius Murray doesn't run for 142 yards, Baltimore does nothing on offense. Nothing. Right. They just were awful, awful on offense. They looked like a team that didn't even want to win the game, didn't want to be right. there. Then it got to overtime, and they were like, Oh, we can win this game. Let's go try to win it. And they couldn't. Right. So, um, that was you know, funny. and that's a hardball no, team. That's, funny. Yeah. And that's a hardball team that, that he's coaching that team. And that team looked like they just didn't want to be there for whatever reason. It's a rivalry game. Everything gets thrown out the window. Um, you know, we, Wednesday night when we picked it, it was a good spot with Baltimore. It was an awesome, it was an excellent spot with Baltimore. Right. Who knew they weren't just going to they weren't just going to play on offense and that, and that's the thing. Other than Murray, they did nothing. I watched a lot of this game. Um, you know, I I just didn't didn't see Baltimore do anything, and I didn't see Pittsburgh scoring more than what they scored. So Baltimore just put up 22, 23 points. They they win the game. You know, they they cover the spread stuff like that. So you know, it's bad luck. Just I think it's bad luck. So. Yeah. What do you think, Chad? You know, so this was one of the games. There was two sides that I had picked that I flopped on. And I, I, uh, so this was one of them. Um, so I basically split. So I was on the Bears plus the points, and you guys were on the Vikings. I came to the Vikings. We were right. Right. So I split, split my picks. I switched on that one, brought me to the right side with you guys. This one, um, when I handicapped it, uh, before I looked at any of you guys, before I listened to the podcast and before I looked at your guys' picks, 
I liked Pittsburgh here with the points. Um, you know, I just thought that Ben and Mike Tomlin, this last hurrah, that kind of they had that big win last week. Um, you know, Indianapolis was losing down there in Jacksonville, and it was just right. kind of setting up storybook for the Steelers, which was kind of right. what I was anticipating. Um, you know, so this is just tough. You know, you I got two picks. I go the, with you guys, and we split one and one. You know, it's it. So it's tough. You know, there's usually when we're just we're split, it's gonna be 50-50. So trying to navigate which one to keep and which one to split, you know, which, um, you know, it's just tough to do. I should have switched the Vikings and listened to you guys there. And this one, you know, I, 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 sh I should have stuck to my guns a little bit. I think this is too, this is notorious Harbaugh as a favorite, right? right? He's just notorious as a favorite for just not covering or winning games. Um, you know, that's something that we've talked about on the podcast a lot. That's something we've monetized a lot this year. Um, yeah, yeah but I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a terrible pick. Um, I definitely think, you know, there's some luck. It's a close – anytime you go to overtime, you know, it's a close game. Um, you know, but in, in those close games, you know, maybe if you can get – you know, early in the week, I think the Steelers were plus three and a half, and then the line dropped to three, two and a half. So, um, you know, right away, if you got that plus – Steelers plus three and a half line, it's probably the best value um, early on for sure. But, yeah, I just I, – I just – not a terrible pick at all. Ravens could have easily won this game and covered. Um, you know, I just felt that, you know, the Steelers in this spot with that, you know, Tomlin and Ben's possibly last hurrah, last goal round, um, you know, was something to take in. But uh, so, no, nah, not a terrible pick here, um, but definitely just farthering on my point of just trying to, you know, when, when you know, really when, you, when, to, when to look at when you're wrong and when to stick to your guns, you know, is that that – that's going to make the difference between going 65 and, and, and 59 is just, just, you know, really, un, you know, lit, knowing when to listen and, and when to say, you know what, I'm wrong. And, and when to say, you know what, exactly. this with the points is just the better side. And, and um, you know, just, you know, that's kind of my theme of the day, you know, so that's, that's all I got for this one. And Josh, just here's, yeah. here's another right. thing. Haba Super Bowl winning coach, Tomlin Super Bowl winning coach, Sean Payton, Super Bowl winning coach. If these guys do not have good backup quarterbacks, it doesn't matter how well they coach. Right. That team's going to struggle. So when going forward, what I'm going to look at who the backup quarterback is, if the starter gets hurt, like Lamar was the last four weeks, Huntley, yes, played well in the first game, game and a half, but he really showed in the last two games who he was as a quarterback. So these coaches. Well, there's, there's, there's a caveat I'll ask you about. Yeah. How do you feel, how both of you guys feel about Greg Roman as an offensive coordinator? I, don't I like remember him at all. it was in Buffalo. Buffalo fans hated him. Yeah. I don't like him at all. I, I really don't. I, I, you know, he just tried. Lamar and Huntley are two different quarterbacks. Right. He doesn't tailor his offensive game plan to, okay, I got Huntley and his quarterback. What are his strengths? What are his what are his he put the handcuffs on Huntley? Yes, yeah, waiting for Big Ben to make a mistake or whatever. Big Ben's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, he's hurt, he, he's purposely not going to make a mistake, he's going to make you beat him. So, what I'm going to do in both in this, this, well, genre, I, know that. I know to bet against Freddie Kitchens and I know to bet against Greg yeah. Roman, he's a so, one trick Harbaugh, uh, crony, he's in the Harbaugh Mafia. Remember, he was the the the, the offensive coordinator at Stanford with Harbaugh, and then Kaepernick. 
Yeah, so what I'm going to do – Running quarterback, like Kaepernick. So what I'm going to do as a better and a fantasy person is I'm going to keep a folder of every team's offensive coordinator, every team's offensive personnel, starters and backups. And when those games come up, I'm going to take a go to that folder and take a look and say, okay, Greg Roman's the offensive coordinator, no go. Backup quarterback starting, no go. I'm out right, there. Right. So yeah. it doesn't matter how good these head coaches are. The offensive coordinators and the personnel at quarterback help hold them back. I.e., Ian Book. If that you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, yeah. right? Yep. That's what I'm saying. The other part of it is, I put a note to it. I've emailed it to uh, Scott and uh, Jim. I'm not sure if Chad has it. <coughs> the elements of fundamental analysis. People have gotten rich using fundamental analysis. Not taking them. Within fundamental analysis is corporate governance which is what Scott just talked about, as it relates specifically to sports betting and making money on these games. Go ahead, Chad. Yep. Uh, so what, what game are we on right yeah. now? Yeah, no, we got that. Yeah, we, are, uh, we just we're, yeah, yeah. Next game. Next game is – Oh, I, uh, I, I, will, I will add one thing, though, piggybacking off Scott's backup quarterback thing. I do think also – what we're seeing is like a, a backup quarterback for like a game or two, I think can have success with like a game plan or like a scheme. But then I think once these defenses get a game or two games of film on the backup, like we yeah. saw with Huntley, yeah. I think we're going to see a drop off. So I think if we see success in games one and two from a backup games, three and four, I think you need to start looking to go the other way because I think yeah. the defenses will catch up schematically and, that's what we saw with Huntley. Steelers yeah, had a game plan. They had three games of film, three games of yeah. film on them, and they game planned them well and shut his ass down. Everything that's different practice in chat. Well, chat, you know, can talk to this and experience this and have a chance. But the best practices that I've come across is that you have a package, you have a series of plays, and then you have plays, right? A really good offensive coordinator, a really good coach has a series of plays for the backup to come in and run that's particularly to their skill set. Yeah, kind of like what the Better Raiders are doing. Have a package. Have a whole package ready for the backup quarterback to do uh, half a season, right? So they think they have a series of plays for Huntley. They have a whole package of plays. Or then you go on top of that, have a, you don't need a whole offense built around your backup, but you do need a package of plays for that back. And I think what I see from Greg Roman, he only has one thing. Buffalo was Tyron Taylor running. San Francisco, Kaepernick here. He doesn't have his mind, the sophistication to have a whole package of plays for the backup. That's why you got to think things through, do more research. Game we have pegged. And this is another problem I've had, living in the past. Starting quarterbacks, rookies, were not this bad in the past, right? Uh, again, ego and, and not perception, right? Wilson is really bad. And we had this. We had this. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo, people were sending messages saying that the punter was trying to throw the game. Jets had multiple opportunities. First down and 10 at the 18. 
turnover on downs, and then they kick a field goal. That's your over right there, over 41. This game should have been over, but I need to say to ourselves, Josh, this guy Wilson is a high school quarterback. He should not be in the NFL. And he proved that. He proved he should not be in the NFL right now. Maybe he'll improve over the summer. Maybe he'll get better. But what he's showing on the field this year is that uh, Mike White should have been in this game, especially in the second half. Just get, get us a couple of touchdowns here. He set up inside the 20, first down, tired, Buffalo backups. Okay. Wilson could not score inside the 20, giving gifts field position against second and third string Buffalo backups in the second half when McDermott pulled in. So I, I say bad pick because I'm still not measuring how bad Wilson is, Trevor Lawrence, uh, all the first-year quarterbacks. They've all been horrible. Hurts, Jalen Hurts, bad, 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 bad. And I didn't say, hey, what the old Jewish finance guy taught me 30 years ago, Josh, you see with your eyes. See with your eyes. What do you think, Chad and Scott? We what we got wrong was the Buffalo Jets over. We did wisely get the 17 and a half. And that proves as badly as Wilson played, that 17 and a half was happening no matter what. So that was a good pick. And the Bill second half line, right? Because if the Jets were going to be that bad, the Bills were going to cover that second half. We go Chad and Scott. Bad pick or bad luck? You know. Nah, I mean, yeah, definitely what you're saying about looking at the Jets. I mean, this game should have definitely squeaked over. We needed one more touchdown. Um, I don't know, maybe, you know, weather, something to look at. Right. Motivation and in, in, in weather, you know, in, in this type of this cold environment. You got a team that's, you know, Buffalo's way more talented. They, You know, New England's losing. They're clinching the division with a win or a loss. Uh, you know, those factors – you know, maybe could have maybe swung us to the Eagles the, starters in that uh, Patriots game was so competitive. Yeah. <laughs> Even the radio announcer. <laughs> I mean, Scott was saying it was fixed two weeks ago. <laughs> that was going to be fixed. Now listen to the radio and the radio announcers are like, they're pulling the starters and that game Miami is so competitive. So. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody knew something about something. So I mean, not a not a terrible pick here. Um, definitely some luck working against us, but I do think there are a few things that I could have maybe looked at to to possibly get me on the under here. Um, it wasn't that bad. He's pathetic, and what you just said that they're ready to go home. They're like screws, Robert Slay. I don't care what his man. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll wait for him to scream at me at uh at minicamp if they still have him. Yeah, <laughs> so. community is, is the NFLPA still lets them have that. Yeah, and, and that too, right? Chad, you know about this. At one point, this coach who's yelling and screaming, rah, 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 at one point, did you tune him out, right? At this point, yeah. <laughs> this is the point you tune him out, right? Exactly. Exactly. But in New Orleans, we had under 40 against Atlanta. Uh, bad pick, I guess, because it was going over, right? What do you guys think about that game? Scott and Chad. Another indoor 
controlled stadium. Yeah, listen to Chad. They were undefeated. These New Orleans Atlanta games usually go over the total, especially at 40. So um, New Orleans got up big, got up big, and then they just took their foot off the gas a little bit and allowed Atlanta to score some quick late points. Um, You know, the San Francisco was down. So I think New Orleans figured, okay, we're, we're going to get in the playoffs here. We're up by 17 points, whatever they were up by. Right. Take the foot off the gas. And San Francisco came back and they allowed Lance to score 10 points. And that put the game on the over. So I think there was a hole again, there was a hole that week 18 playoff picture was a whole storm brewing. And I think New Orleans, some of the players, if they saw the score of the San Francisco game, the Rams were up by 10 points in the fourth quarter. They were like, oh, the Rams got this. We All we got to do is win this game. We're already up 17, 21 points. We're going to win this game. We're going to go to the playoffs. And sure enough, it, they allowed Lance to score. Typical Manny Ice, last touchdown yeah. yep. was with 21 seconds left in the game. And they're down by 17 points. Three yard pass to Russell Gage. That was the killer. That's the killer. I think I had a I had a recency bias too just because like the last three weeks the Saints offense has been so piss poor and, and their defense has been so lights out. Um I just allowed that recency bias, I think, to get me where I just kind of immediately put this one as an under in my head and I, I didn't really look hey, at hey. it like as deep. I, I didn't go in depth as I should have. And if I did, I might have been able to check myself on that recency bias. But I just kind of looked at this game and said, oh, this has got to be an under. Yeah. No, and a lot of irrational stuff, right? He he starts Trevor Simeon, Simeon or Simeon, I saw it was it played a lot. He's been horrible all year, right? Uh, Atlanta played like we thought they were going to play. They scored – Six points in the first half. And we're shut out the whole fourth quarter until the last drive in the fourth quarter when no one cared. Right? So the answer is a Matt Ryan is going to be Matt Ryan is going to score with no no seconds left. And uh, con his way into another country. Uh, Carolina. I should have listened to my own advice. Uh so this finished it also with Cleveland not covering and Carolina not covering, uh, picking against analytics teams blindly. You would have gone seventy percent. So both all in analytics teams, sports science teams, Carolina and Cleveland with thirty percent against the spread. So betting blindly, just knowing the analytics is not working football as a whole. You would have got seventy percent, and I went twenty-eight out of thirty once. So again, I'm in the action phase, not maintenance phase. That that was a bad pick. Sam Darnold is another guy who shouldn't be in the NFL right now. Maybe he'll get bigger in the summer, but he's with Jalen Hurts, Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. What do you think, Scott and Chad? And that was going yeah. over all day, every day. Uh, Again, this was this was all about breaking those records and getting the guys money. I mean, Gronk right. needed needed some rec- some some catches for money. Brady was going for some incentives. Mike Evans a thousand yards, right? So this was going to be a pass heavy offense, and and 
Tampa Bay's missing Fournette and Jones, obviously. So Brady has no confidence in what the running backs can do. So, um, so this was going to be a pass heavy game. And, and to me, this was a bad pick because I should have seen this coming. Right. You know, everybody was talking about it all week. You, you look at the personnel on the field for Tampa Bay and, and very easily say, this is the type of game where Brady's just going to throw that ball. He's going to get his guys there incentives, going to get Mike Evans, going to get Gronk. If AB was there, right. would have got him the incentives too. So, you know, it's all, again, as we talked about in the previous game, the Dallas game, it's all about getting those, getting his guys paid. Exactly. He got, he got his guys paid by just throwing the ball around and scoring touchdowns and stuff like that. Right. And we use business and financial concepts to bet on games. What more can, to the core that can you get? Big time financial concepts in this game for sure. For sure. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you're talking uh, about Gronk. You're not going to make that mistake. Let's put it to you that. You're talking <laughs> about Gronk had his incentives at half a million dollars per incentive. So that right there should have told me he's going to Gronk all day long and they're going to score and score and score. And this, so you can see how next year we'll be at 80%. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, 70% for the year. Just yeah. executing what we know. Yeah. You know, but every year's different, so we have to mitigate what's going to be different about next year. What do you think, Trash? Yeah, I mean, this one, you know, if you look at the double-digit dogs on Sunday, they went four and one, right? So we always talk right. about 80% probability theory is the highest, you know, double-digit right. dogs. So, so if you look at them, one of those five games was you – know, one of those double-digit dogs weren't going to cover. And if I – looking back, I mean, if I had to pick one to not do it, this, I mean, this was easily <laughs> the one that was. Yeah. Yeah. And if you get bit, you beat me. But the, Yeah, you know, exactly. All, all the, I mean, every other double-digit dog, I mean, they, they, you know, it wasn't this even – This is the worst quarterback out of the double-digit dogs. Yeah. Sam Darwin. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think just looking at that and, and what the incentives aspect of Tampa Bay um, – Right. That total being 42, super low. This people gonna, quitting in the heat. Too, yeah, this was, going, this was going over. And exactly. The second half heat going to make it go over. Yeah. The incentive is going to make it go over. Uh, yeah, and I just think, you know, on the, on the side, just kind of looking, you know, at that probability theory, kind of what I did, you know, that was kind of a big factor in my Georgia pick last night, you know. Kirby is 0-4 against, you know, Satan. So, what you know, what is – you know, one in four to me is like the best Satan's going to do and Belichick's are going to do against their previous staff guys. So, you know, Kirby's lost four out of, you know, four tries. I, you know, it was just he's due that 80-20 rule, man, is is, right. is true. And that 80-20 rule is something you got to look at. And uh, I think that right. that, that kind of – if we would have took a harder look at the 80-20 rule here, I think, you know, this – we all would probably agree that – Georgia had better players, <laughs> yeah. especially with those two guys out for, for Alabama. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Seattle. <laughs> uh, I <clears throat> thought that Pete Carroll couldn't be talked into getting in a shootout two weeks in a row. I was just dead wrong on that. We were right on Seattle. Seattle was going to cover – Arizona is what I call a fake football team. Hyped by ESPN, hyped by this guy and the other guy, <clears throat> but not good at all. And I say it all because I think Kyler Murray's a high school quarterback. 
Um, in the playoffs, this is where a team like this gets exposed. But that's tomorrow's podcast. <clears throat> bad pick or bad luck? What do you think, Jack? Control environment. You were on this. Yeah, yeah, that control I mean, this game had two touchdowns in the first four minutes. So, uh, you know, right away you're like, oh, you know, they kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the style, I mean, it was wide open. Both teams were throwing the ball down the field. Um, you know, the Cardinals needed that game. But that was big for their, you know, their seeding. Um, you know, they were still in contention to win the division if the Rams lost, you know, getting a home playoff game. So, you know, they, they were in, in the Seahawks, our division game. And, man, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are two competitors no matter their record. Um, yeah, you know, so I think just that competitive atmosphere in this one, just both teams, you know, were, were, were throwing the kitchen sink and um, offensively, you know, Seahawks knew they were done. They have nothing to save for this year. So they kind of threw it all out there, um, opened it up again. And, uh, you know, the Cardinals, you know, they were they're playing for a division title in the home playoff game. So, you know, they kind of put it all out there as well. And I think that that, you know, led, led to this in that controlled environment. Um, you know, led to this one going over. Yeah, what do you think, Scott? Well, first of all, Tyler Lockett made me some nice money this week, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is the end of the Russell Wilson era for Seattle, but if it is, he allowed him to go out and do whatever he wanted in these last two games. <laughs> and how do you allow him to do that the whole game? They might be in a different situation right now than they, than right. they have oh, by sitting at home. So I just think, you know, in the fourth quarter, it was still under. If if it had been a Pete Carroll type of game, it probably would have stayed the under. Right. The teams exploded in the fourth quarter. And like Chad said, they came out of the gate blazing hot. So, um, you know, in between it was, you know, it was close for a lot of the fourth quarter, Whether <laughs> and then they just exploded again. So um, I think it's bad luck because I think we – we basically, as you said, we were going on the Pete Carroll pass, which is run the ball a lot, which he did. Rashad Penny had 170 yards, 30 carries. Um, so he was running the ball a lot, but he also let Russ take shots down the field. And uh, and that led to this going over. You know, this was once once Russ and Kyler get in a shootout, it, all bets are off in terms of the, the over-under. So, um and the history of this this uh, rivalry leads it to going over, and I should have seen that because they've always gone over. They've always gone over. So, and the team who lost the first game usually wins the second game. So that was a good money line Seattle pick based on that. I, I even said it on past podcast zigzag theory used to do in the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Um, the last games we we'll look at for hot Thorn effect. Rams and San Francisco under. When it, I think there was bad luck. There was the one total that wasn't a bad pick. It was bad luck because it, this game also went the total. And Safford really can't do anything. His body fails. I mean, he gunned it one time. I think he can get it one time a game. The shoulder allow that. Uh, Rams really, unless they want to go to Van Jefferson, they trust him. No deep threat. Shanahan out. Again, I said it on a podcast, and I'll keep betting it. I'm, it's not it's not the house's money. It's your money. So I'm ahead. I'm going to keep betting good defensive uh, coordinator game plans like John Lynch 
We saw it a little bit last night. Rush three, drop eight. Against the Sarah Raid. Zone blitz. They haven't beaten it yet. Uh, San Francisco cover. They won outright. We were wrong thinking the Rams were going to win this money line. Uh, and I think it's bad luck that it went over. What do you think, Scott? Rams, San Francisco. Oh, at the time when we picked it, I think we were, you know, we were right on. Rams had a lot to play for, you know, winning the right. division, getting the number two seed, uh, getting two home games in the playoffs. To me, I think that's big because now, you know, they have to go to Tampa if they win that. Uh, no, they they have to go Dallas. to Green Bay if they win the first oh, game. Bay, yeah, yeah, They're the Bay. four yeah, seed. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah, and that makes a huge difference in, in, in that. So I thought the that they were going to play with a little urgency. You know, we said in the podcast Wednesday night, Matt Staff is limping to the finish line here. He's totally limping. He's, he, he's still making those mental mistakes that don't allow his team to succeed in key situations. Right. He's, he's and, Detroit Stafford. <laughs> yeah. And as you, as you've sent me a few times that, that, uh, you know, preseason video. video. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that's coming back to roost right now. He came off the bye. He had two two really good games, and now he's back to struggling. Matt and I have no confidence in him going into the playoffs. Um, that he's going to be able to to not make mistakes that are going to help his team win and succeed. So you know, this is money time for all these NFL players. You know, without regular, can't team. throw the deep ball, and teams know that. Like Chad's saying, now they've seen the film one. They know he can't play the deep ball. So it's almost like what happened to Dubreeze last year. Defenses are adjusting accordingly. He can't. My, qu- my question would be, this is my question. Why did Cooper Cup have such a great year? Because Cooper Cup catches those four or five-yard passes and makes players miss. That's why yeah. he had the big year well, that he and, did. And his speed, like this, that type of athlete plays to Stafford's deep ball. That's why yes. they had to let Deshaun Jackson yes, go. Rob, Watch yeah. Cooper right. Cup and Deshaun Jackson rut race in a 40. Yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> even close. No, it's not. No, it's not. I feel close. like he, he can get so, a Cooper Cup. Timing-wise, they Deshaun Jackson, it, it's not his ability why the Rams let him go. They said, Deshaun, you're too fast for our quarterback's arm. The timing doesn't work. Yeah, we right. need. We don't have. It's not. It, it, we have a limited roster. I need to fit a guy that I can actually get the ball to. Did you not right. watch five times this year? Deshaun Jackson wide open oh, and right. he's underthrown by fifteen yards. <laughs> right. I mean, it, so I mean that was the first telltale sign of his arm. Why are they getting rid of Deshaun Jackson? He's not guy, washed up. And the guy all. he he misses Robert Woods. He misses oh, him yeah. tremendously. And that's going to come back to roost. They may lose to Arizona this week. It's it's highly possible on Monday night. It's possible. Um, but, yeah, I just don't like the way they're playing. It's going to be interesting. It's, it's, a lot's going to be on uh, Kingsbury because, you know, you know, Boy Wonder McVay's not going to miss a beat. And Raheem Morris uh, is going to have a good game plan dialed up. So it's on Kingsbury to make adjustments. I think he wins that game if he does go to the tight ends. Whether he's going to do it or not, I don't know. But he goes to Ertz and the other guy, right? Goes to his tight ends in that game. And Murray has to run 24-7. We saw that this week. Lawrence ran. They won. All these running quarterbacks, got to do that plus one. And during the gym podcast, I'll make sure I'll have all the plus one kind of stuff dialed up so people can see 
from a scheme standpoint, why those people can win one game. But Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick have like 10 Super Bowls between him betting, really, they're betting that a guy who runs the ball can't beat him. Johnny Manziel was the last guy running the ball that I saw beat Nick Satan, who just flat out ran and beat him running it. They cover it up, but usually they don't beat them doing that. Any final thoughts? That's it, man. We brutalized ourselves. We're, we're reflecting pain on ourselves so we prosper, like Eric Adams, Mayor of New York says. Final thoughts on the Hawthorne Effect learning as we head until tomorrow night, the playoffs. Yeah, so again, I mean, watch this. You know, our, our playoff thing is probably good going to be, you know, it's probably going to be a little less than an hour, less than usual. It's not many games. Yeah, yeah, we have one, two, three, four, five games. Yeah, so watch this. Watch this Hawthorne effect. There was a lot of, there's a lot of good information packed into this this episode that will help you uh, go into the window um, and watch tomorrow night and watch Friday because Friday will, will, Jim will bring a new perspective to betters that they, they have never even thought of before. So, right. as we, we do. Did it as we do. Year, we came up with a lot of uh, – when you look at coaches' film and they break down to stuff, it's really PR. Yeah. We, we had two elements that people want. We, we look at weaknesses. We look at weaknesses, and then we look at player props. Okay, this is happening. You're going to ha- handle P- uh, JPP one-on-one, uh, bet the over JPP sacks. And we got that. He's trying based on teams leaving their backup left tackle on an island with a guy who's in the best shape of his life. So those are the little insights we'll give you to make money. This is a business meeting with purpose and an outcome. Chad, last <laughs> words. Man, I'm uh, I'm excited for tomorrow. Uh, there's a lot of value in this playoff stuff. Um, these lines this week, I think, uh, you know, we we're gonna have we get to add Jim's all Jim's input. I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. He's a br- brilliant guy. And uh, man, I just think we're gonna be able to to really dial it up this week. Um, man, our, our sides have been on fire. I'm gonna probably bet two. I'm probably gonna bet more on the sides this week. Right. Um, just yeah, because I'm going to bet $1,000 on the side, $500 on the over-under. Yeah, the total. So I'm a, and if jumps up at me, Scotty Miller had one catch for nine yards. <laughs> right? Uh, if the prop jumps at me, jumps out at me like JPP, uh, we'll add that too. The it, other, it doesn't, it doesn't. The other thing for people listening to this, you know, I listen to Jim's live stream on Sunday mornings. He is very good at player props. He's very good at player props. He has them dialed in and he has them, you know, he's already starting to break the games down. So he will, he might have some really good player props that you could go to the window and play as well. So, right. Right. Yeah. yeah tonight I think- we start breaking the games down as we got to find the final Hawthorne effect. Cause you got to do things in order. Like the stages of change, pre-contemplation, contemplation. Yeah. Uh, contemplation, action, and then maintenance. You gotta do them in order. So after this, after I, I really confronted my feelings and my mistakes, now I'm gonna break down those games and focus on the fact that 
knowing and not doing is not to know. And you're gonna lose money if you don't adjust and change. You gotta adapt. People live in the past, die in the past. Any final words, fellas, Chad? That's it. I'm all good. All right, so we're ready for tomorrow. We close with Winston Churchill. Uh, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thanks for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network with an end in the network. I'm the best there is.